All right. Welcome to this special episode of Real Estate Fight Club. We are live on the Real Estate Fight Club podcast Facebook page, and we're here with Rachel Real. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Jen. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Good. So this episode is usually like code of um, professional standards and ethics committee violations. But today we wanted to talk about some of the changes that were made to the code of ethics. Yes. So it's 2022. So it's a new year. And there are, of course, some changes to the code of ethics. So new year, new changes. Um, You know, every year it seems like there's a little tweak here or there. Um, But this year, there's a couple of pretty significant changes that are definitely worth talking about, just so that everyone is in compliance and kind of knows and can keep up with what's going on. The change was not that they blew it up. Is that what you're telling me? No, it didn't. No, nothing has been blown up yet. We're leaving that up to you. (laughs) All right. What are the significant ones that we should know about? So there's a couple of pretty significant changes. And kind of all of these came out of the discussion with the Department of Justice and NAR, about, uh, you know, in in terms of the settlement that they're discussing. So, and the Department of Justice wants NAR to make some changes. They've been in discussion with that, you know, for quite some time now. And these all came out of that. Yes, yes. But these changes came out of that discussion. Okay. So significant changes are to Articles 1, 10, and 12. Okay. So, and, and, and again, it's our job as realtors to know that, to know and be aware of these updates to ensure compliance with the code of ethics and then maintain the integrity of the profession as realtors. You know, the public yes, kind of get. sometimes can, can get a little squirrely with our profession and sometimes it's, it's very justified. So for us, it's really, it's good to keep up with these things, know what's going on and make sure that we're presenting ourselves in, a, in an appropriate manner to the public. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Right. So the first change that happened was to Article 10, Standard of Practice 10-3. Article 10 is essentially the article that discusses discrimination. So Standard of Practice 10-3 states that realtors shall not print, display, or circulate any statement or advertisement with respect to selling or renting of a property that indicates any preference, limitations, or discrimination based on race, color, religion, sex, handicapped, familial status, national origin, sexual orientation, or gender identity. Duh. Obviously, that's a mouthful. Right. Pretty obvious stuff. Um, What that also means, though, now is that we cannot, in terms of our marketing, so we're always in charge of what marketing that we put out on a property that we're listing for sale. Okay. So the the biggest, uh, the best example of this would be if you walk into a client's home, getting ready to sell it, and they've got a Confederate flag somewhere in their property. Okay. As an agent... And from a marketing standpoint, you cannot put, a, put a, a photo or a video of the house out that has a picture of the Confederate flag as part of that marketing piece. HUD also no, but you also said religion. So if there's like, depending on the religion, sometimes there's like different symbols put up or different, Absolutely. maybe you can, all that has to be down. Not necessarily, but they didn't get down and dirty into the religion part of it. And I think that's, you know, we've had some conversations too in the past about, you know, how far do you take the religion part of this? Um, You know, and of course, I've been into clients' homes that are getting ready to sell. And, you know, some cultures have a prayer room where they have, you know, kind of, you know, where they they do their praying and they've got all their, you know, religious artifacts and things Mm -hmm. up on the wall. Um, I think from a marketing standpoint, you're trying to appeal to the largest number of people. Mm-hmm. to sell a property. Okay. So I think when you use rooms and feature rooms in marketing that are used 
the most common way. So a bedroom should probably just be a bedroom, not an office, not a library, not anything, nothing other than that, just because you want it to be appealing to everybody and for people to see photos and not wonder what is that room actually. So there's nothing that says that you have to remove religious articles, religious anything, but the Confederate flag is something that cannot be shown in, in marketing photos. We don't really seem to, to come across that flag. quite a bit up, you know, up in the northern areas here. But, you know, in the southern states, we might we might find that to be more common. But what um, if you have like, is it just a Confederate flag or is it also like other flags? Like LBGQ flags or. Well, and, and that's something I think it's personal preference in, in terms of a seller. Obviously, if they want to be able to show that, I think that's probably fine. From an agent standpoint, I always go in and say, hey. We're trying to appeal to the largest group of people here. Let's mm-hmm. neutralize this as much as possible. That even comes down to, to, to pets. You know, right. I've got two dogs, but if I sold my house tomorrow, I would remove every sign and symbol or evidence that I had a dog in my property. Right. Only because not everybody loves dogs. Most not people have loves. Oh, I think, right? And if you they don't, do. they do evil, like, I don't know. But I mean, if you could see the other side of my screen right now, I have three dog beds, two blankets and dogs sitting next <laughs> to me. Too like much. clearly it's too much. <laughs> well, okay. So- my husband's like, we have more places for the dogs to lay in this house than the humans. We have a problem. <laughs> normal. That's normal. <laughs> right. This, right. This change also is, it's also linked to our conversation that we had and we did the podcast about what does like the law, I don't know if this feels like a federal law, right? Like it already is a federal law. So like, well, why HUD, does it also need to be in the code of ethics? Well, and it, like to your point, HUD prohibits the Confederate flag to be shown in photos. So that's, that's a HUD thing. And HUD is the federal government. So okay. that, so, again, those two things tie together. Um, I think when you get to religion, obviously there's a much wider variety of things, because if you did that, you'd, everybody's house would be completely devoid of anything. Right. Um, you know, I, I think, <clears throat> When you're talking about laws and the code of ethics, laws are one thing. The code of ethics is kind of the, and I don't want to say it's laws for realtors, but it kind of dials things into a, in a real estate perspective, you know? So you can say no discrimination, but take that to apply it to real estate. And then you've got, you know, so that's the code of ethics. It, like, like you can't have it in the marketing. Okay. Right. Right. So because you don't want someone to look at it and go, okay, well, I might not feel welcome here in this neighborhood or this area right. or this block or whatever it is with these particular people that so may live in the town area. means that they are welcome. Well, taking it down is just a reflection of a HUD's rules that, that you cannot do <laughs> right. that and be not discriminating against any particular protected class. Yeah. I'm going to jump off my soapbox here. What's the next change? <laughs> so there's a couple of case interpretations that were added um, okay. to reflect the change of uh, the standard of practice changes for 10-3 and 10-5. So 10-5 is realtors must not use harassing speech, hate speech, epithets, or slurs based on race, color, religion, Uh sex, handicap, right? All of these things that we know we can't be doing anyway. What they did was the NAR and the Code of Ethics now reflects that to not just be as you're in your business, in your business world, but in your world entirely, which I know it sounds kind of goofy, but you and I kind of have talked about this before too and thought, okay, well, if I'm using racial epithets in a, in my personal life, chances are that's carrying over to my professional Agreed. life. Yeah. You, right. you kind of can't split that. But at the, I mean, I agree with that. that or you're not. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, when does, like, if you're, I mean, racial like slurs are really difficult because I don't think there's anybody that's listening to this. It's like, yeah, you should be able to 
be a racist. No, like that's not what I'm saying. Right. No, no. I'm saying like, I think it's just the, the, it's, it's the NAR and the National Association of Realtors way of saying to the public and getting across the public that we don't tolerate that, whether it's in a a business, a business, you know, scenario right. or personal but like where but then but then it's like okay duh right i agree with that right like, and i almost kind of look at this and go duh right i mean but, it, it, it makes sense and where does the rule end like what's next like next we won't tolerate like well now because we don't want to offend anybody you can't be religious at all <laughs> do you know what i'm saying because- well in some of these case interpretations if you look at the case interpretations that were added and we can link to those too um they one of the case interpretations is a licensee who's also a minister Mm-hmm. who is preaching to a congregation. So now you have that very funky line yeah. of you're a religious Whatever he that, says you know, could easily be offensive. Like I've been in church before and been like, uh, I don't really think that's right. And then now I don't, you know, we don't, I don't go there. Or if. <laughs> right. I mean, there's, like, there's certainly a, quite a, quite a few scenarios where certain religions might say something that right. makes you feel and one way real, and, and that's going to violate the code of ethics and we're not allowed like we can't we're like apparently neutral people like when will right when will that rule happen do you know what i mean no i i get it i feel like some of these yeah like you said some of them are uh, it, it makes sense and i think i think the ones that are going to feel the most difficulty with some of these things are people who are licensees as well as people that are in the in, in a church scenario, right. a, a religious person, somebody that's, that's really going to have to watch and balance what they say to be able to perform their other job, whatever mm-hmm. that might be, right. as well as not violate the code of ethics. It's going to so be those- interesting to see where that balance is, because I think yes. like it's, yeah, it's a it's- tough balance when you're, when you're doing two different things, I could see how that could be challenging and probably why the case interpretations were written in such a way that they focused on religious leaders, some an agent leading a Bible study group, for instance. Right. You know, well, how and do you people, lead a Bible study group and have conversations about things and not offend people, maybe people. somebody in the LGBTQ community? Right. It's that can be challenging. Yeah. And I think if, if you are listening and you want to hear like us chat about it more, um, we did yeah. do a Better Call Saul episode, which you can find on the Real Estate Fight Club podcast YouTube page where Rachel and I talked to um, Saul Klein about it and kind right. of dive a little deeper into it. What are some of the other yes. changes that are not so like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. Well, and there, there's one that, that, that we can talk about related to article 12 right. and that's being truthful and honest in your real estate communications and advertising. Duh. So think about what that might be and we'll take a break. And when we come back, we'll discuss the change to article 12. <laughs> This is ridiculous. We just need to insert some common sense, I think. I, good luck if you can find that. I'm going to task you with that for 2022. No, Look for it's common too much. sense. And let me know when you find it. Right. Well, let me tell you a little bit about um, two of our partners that we have. One is Cyberbacker. So Monica and I have been using Cyberbacker uh, for a while now. So they're virtual assistants. So they what they really help with, I know a lot of people are like, potentially adverse to it, but they know they need help and they know they need an assistant. And what um, the Cyberbacker virtual assistants help with is all that tedious stuff that is like simple to do, but it takes time, right? So like posting social media or even coordinating transactions, things like that, that take you away from generating leads that you know somebody else should be doing. So I'd encourage you to go to cyberbacker.com. You can input Fight Club when you sign up and get information and um, 
you'll love it. Trust me. And then the other one is my coach, John Kitchens. So the thing that I love about John is we all have blind spots. And so John will help you get where you're going faster. I don't know if that scares some of you. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly. But you can sign up he um, for his coach code. So go to coachcode.com and sign up for his newsletters and get some information from him. And um, he also has a podcast called Coach Code 2, which is, which is really good, really insightful, and it will definitely help you. All right, Rachel, give me some. Is there any like excellent any rules that are not like duh? Um, yeah, I think this one kind of falls into that okay. category a little bit because I think the for, for years and years and years. What do buyers agents say to their buyers when the buyer, first time buyer comes to them and says, all right, I want to buy a house. free to use. It's totally it's free. I mean, free. my gosh, why aren't you, why, you know, it's why you shouldn't, why should you not use a realtor? It's free. Wrong. They can no longer say it is free. Now I would argue that for the, for years and years and years, we should not have been saying it's free because the transaction is what pays us. Right. If there is no transaction, if there is no buyer, you don't have a transaction. Therefore you don't have payment. Mm-hmm. So standard of practice 12-1 wiped out all language that pertains to payment and now says realtors must not represent that their brokerage services to clients or customers are free or available at no cost to the clients unless they unless are. the realtor will receive no financial compensation from right. any source for any of those services. So stop it. I think that's a good rule. And you and I, you and I actually agree on this point about- oh, 100% doing buyer consultations and having buyer agreements. And I think we did a, uh, what would you do episode on how if you don't have a buyer agreement, it's actually against the code of ethics, correct? It's against license law. I mean, if you were to get audited by the state of, you know, whatever state you're in tomorrow and they came in and looked at your files for a buyer, they're going to ask, where's your buyer representation agreement? Now it can mean, it can be non-exclusive. It can be exclusive. It can be just a notice of buyer agency. It's gotta be something. something, but part of those documents talks about how you get paid. Yeah. So stop telling people that your services are free. They're not. This is the perfect opportunity to add value to your customer into that conversation by letting them know this is how you get paid. Mm-hmm. This is the transparency part of it. I did a buyer consult the other day and I swear they looked at me like I had free heads when I said, here is the listing agreement because this right. was a buyer consultation and someone right. who was also going to be selling. But the example was, here is the listing agreement and here's how it talks about how we get paid. Right. This is what you're being, this is what you're being charged. This is how it's divided out. Mm-hmm. Here's myself and this side of it. Right. Here's the buyer side of it. Right. Now you can choose what you pay. Yeah. They're like, what do you mean you can, you can do that? Like I, they looked at each other and were like, right. what? Right. That's a conversation we should all be having with our clients no matter what. And I think that's it's a, a differentiator. good way too, to show it from the seller's side and say, this is how it works. I mean, for us, we created like our MLS, well, we operate out of two MLSs. One of our MLSs has like a formal agreement. To me, it felt, it didn't answer all the questions because a lot of the questions are like, well, can I do new construction? Can I do for sale by owners? Can I do all this other stuff? Right. And so what do you mean when you, when you talk about your MLS has the agreement, what does that mean? Have like a, a a form for buyer representation, just like they have a form. Okay. So, but, um, we have one that is a little bit easier and it like walks through how, like you said, like how we get paid. And it also walks through 
like answers their questions before they're asked, because that is one of the buyer's main questions are like, how absolutely do we work together? How can you help me? Because all they're right. hearing on the radio or all they're hearing from their friends is like, I found this house, you know, like, right. how are you as a buyer's agent being proactive to get these people a home? So if absolutely, if, yeah, if people want that, I think I thought you put yours up there too. Anyway, somebody else has a buyer agreement in there too. They can go to jennifermartin.com slash vault. And there's a, um, a folder for buyers and a buyer agreement is in there if your MLS doesn't have one. Exactly, exactly. And like I said, this is an opportunity to have that conversation. Take out a piece of paper and a pen, draw the circle, draw the line down the middle and explain mm-hmm. how the commission is broken out. Yeah. The transaction, exactly. the, the best way I can I can ever come up with that that has that I've encountered as far as how to explain that to a buyer is the transaction phase. Right. We could talk all day long. Is it the seller? Is it the buyer? Well, sure. It's coming out of the seller's side of the, of the closing statement, mm-hmm. but it's coming from money that the buyer is giving them. So instead exactly. of confusing the hell out of people that way, yeah. let's just discuss the fact that the transaction is what pays us. I agree. There's no transaction. We're not also paid. not up for negotiation with <laughs> right currently. It's not up for negotiation because the seller and the listing agent have already decided. The seller, and well, and that's that's something I think that we're, we might see in in the real estate industry in general is yeah. there's there's suits that are that have been filed by uh, clients who said, well, hey, you know what, I I wanted to I wanted to negotiate with my buyer agent about right. what the what their commission, or they is. wanted a piece of it, right, right, and they're like, well, we can't because the seller is who sets that, right, and that is currently the case. Um, so I, I think we might see a lot of changes in this part of license law over the next couple of All the of more years. reason to start practicing doing your buyer agreements. Absolutely. All right, Absolutely. Rachel, we have time for so, one more change. One more. So we got one more. Article one, which kind of is the catch-all. Be honest and don't be a jerk. Um, that's just paraphrasing. <laughs> Unless you really want to be a jerk, I guess. Right. Just, just stop it. Just please stop doing that. Um, so standard of practice 1-7 is one that was put into place, I want to say it was a couple of years ago. Essentially, if you are a listing agent and you have, multi, say you're getting multiple offers, right? Mm-hmm. You've got buyer agents that are submitting offers. Buyer's agents want to know, have you presented my offer and has the oh seller God. has the seller received it? And have you presented it? Right. So 1-7, address that. I want to say maybe two years ago or so, don't quote me. Um, that requires the listing agent to, in writing, let the buyer's agent know that yes, I have presented it and your offer has, has been presented to the seller and they've declined it, whatever the situation might okay. be. Okay. 1-8 adds the, the flip side to that. So now as a buyer's agent, I have to submit to the listing agent requirements. That are, I'm now required to submit to the listing agent notice that my offer has been presented, the counter offer now has been presented back to my buyer in writing. Oh my God. This does not mean... And, it, and it, it, this makes sense. I mean, it perfectly ma- makes perfectly good sense. Yeah. Why would you require it from one side and not the other? Right. But the the one thing to remember is that when you have a situation like this, that does not mean that you as the agent are required to sit down with your client and say, please sign off on the, that you've seen this offer and you're declining it. Okay. It's, this doesn't require a seller or a buyer participation. It's strictly on the agent. Yeah, because so many agents weren't presenting the damn offers. Right, weren't presenting the offers. So we're essentially in a lot of markets. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And essentially, this comes down to if you're going to lie about it, we're just going to ask you to put that lie in writing. (laughs) I mean, that's the best way to explain it. If you're going to lie about it, now I need you to put it in writing so that when I bust you for lying about it later, I've got proof that you did it. Yeah, it's just like the problem is, is like a lot of these rules are made for the 
for the few that don't use common sense, aren't nice, don't use good judgment, are not easy to do business with, are really not operating the best interest of their client. But there's so many of us that are. And that's like the frustrating part. It's like, I got a contract is, you know, so many pages and it has all these addendums that say everything that's already in the contract because of this one dumb person. Because one person screwed it up for everybody. And I think, I mean, if you went and took a poll, if you walked down, you know, downtown Cincinnati tomorrow and took a poll and asked, a hundred members of the public, are you aware that there's a realtor code of ethics? How many people do you think would say, oh yeah, I knew all about that. I know None. That, you know, I, I'm totally familiar with it. None. They also None. think that, that they would probably also think that realtor.com is owned by some realtor, which it's not. There's a lot of, right. And I think this is our opportunity for, there's a plenty of opportunities just in these changes to the code of ethics yeah. for us to be able to They also think to the public means real estate agent, which it doesn't. It doesn't, I mean, but again, I know, I know. And I mean, you really have to be knee deep in this business to understand all these little nuances that we well, talk about. I feel like you have but to I think it's to understand. That's how I understand. That, that, that too, that too. <laughs> but I mean, if you asked me, you know, prior to becoming licensed, I went through a transaction where I look back at it now and go, holy hell, I can't even believe that any of these things happened. At the time, I thought they were a little odd, not even being a licensee. I thought they were a little odd. Yeah. But as a, as a member of the public, if you feel like you are in a situation where your agent has done something completely irrational, completely unethical, do you even know that there's a place that you can no. reach out to that can Most help you resolve don't. that? Yeah. They don't. So no. there's, you know, for, there's an opportunity there for education to the public, just in terms of all of these changes, but also, Hey, you have resources. If there's something yeah. that has happened in your situation, reach out to somebody. And I think if you're a real estate agent, there's really just three rules. Don't be a douche. Honor your word. <laughs> I love number one. <laughs> I would, I, I'd like, I think that should just be in the preamble. Don't yeah. Be don't be a douche. Right? right. Honor your word and communicate. Like that's it. That's right. all you have to do. You, if do you, you do know how successful things, people could be if they just did those things. Oh my God. You're going to sell all the houses. If you do those things, if you can just do those things. And when you think about it, these are three things that are very quite simply basic as hell and not difficult. To but do. we should, you know, when I'm Zarina of real estate of the world, I'm going <laughs> to part of the application process to be a realtor is like to have like, not just references. I want like references of the references of people that you didn't put down. I want to know, do they think you're a douche? You want like a background check, uh, but do they need, do, do they require full. background checks in um, where you are in Ohio to get licensed? They just started doing background checks like really? okay. two years ago. Other than that, okay. before that, you could be a criminal because you just had right, yes. like check a box that says like, I'm not a criminal, but in my head, right, yes. are a criminal, you're going to check the yeah, box. You're, you're not- checking the box. <laughs> <laughs> you're checking now. I mean, come on. And then when in one of my States, we have an FBI background check. It was nuts. Wow. It was like, pull See, we don't have any of that in Illinois. You just need a pulse. We know how Chicago realtors are. <laughs> Sorry, Chicago. Well, I'm, not in, I'm not in Chicago. I'm in the Western suburbs, which is like, it's the like same two thing. different worlds. We it's have different Chicago. board. No, we have different board, different forms, different everything. So I don't really cross the line into the city limits of Chicago. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Well, Rachel, if people do yes. have a referral for you or they have a question um, or they want to fight with you about these changes, what is the, be- I will fight with anyone. No, you're a good fighter. <laughs> what, um, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Best way to reach me is by cell phone at 630-542-8688 or via email at rreal at dealwithreal.com.
Awesome. I appreciate you being on, Rachel. Thank you. Thanks, Jen. Yeah.